0: This is Fordham Conversations. I'm Nora Flaherty. Hot. Sometimes summer in New York City can seem like the steamiest and stinkiest thing in the world. If it's not the smell of garbage, or worse, wafting through your window in the morning, it's the blast of heat that hits you when you step down onto the subway platform, or the bumper-to-bumper traffic when you're trying to get out of the city for the weekend. So what can be done? How about a nice paddle in a canoe down the Bronx River? Now, the idea of paddling through an area of the river that has been known as much for its debris-strewn banks as for the recent reappearance of beavers in its waters might seem unappealing. But doing just that is becoming a fairly popular option for people looking to escape the city's oppressive heat and, well, cityness. I paddled the river earlier this week with Bronx River Alliance environmental coordinator and Fordham alumna, Teresa Crimmins, and Michael Hunter, who runs the Alliance's canoeing program. The Bronx River starts up in Westchester and goes down to just above Hunt's Point, but we started our trip at the Bronx Zoo right near WFUV's studios. Oh, and by the way, when Teresa says we're going to Portage, she means get out and carry the boat. Luckily, I was too busy taping to help with that one.
1: We're on the Bronx River. We're in the freshwater section, and we just put in um, the Bronx Zoo parking lot. And right now, we're passing by the uh, Bronx Zoo Bison Exhibit. And we're just upstream of the uh, sort of double waterfall that you see when you enter the zoo on the Bronxdale Gate. So we're going to portage through the middle. Oh, I think we just saw a big fish. Can you see those? Oh my god, look at all of them. Can you see them, Nora? Yeah. Right now we're in sort of a small section of the river. It's maybe about 40 feet wide, 50 feet wide. And um, we've got pretty much vegetation on both sides of us as we go through the zoo. And that's true pretty much of everything upstream of here. Bronx Park, um, when it was set aside, made sure that there was a pretty good buffer of of green space on both sides of the river. Um, So when you're paddling down the river, you get to experience kind of a nice, shady, um, cool river, and that'll change a little bit when we go downstream. <laughs> we're approaching the first dam here. Alright, here's our first stop. <laughs> this little walkway here used to be much more steep. We have a uh, conservation crew. Be careful, this one's a little... And we're heading downstream from these dams that we just portaged around. and we're Actually, we're about to go by where the beaver lodge is. I guess it was about a year ago when people started to think they were seeing beaver on the Bronx River. And for a long time, um, most of the, uh, the people that we talked to said, oh no, you can't possibly be seeing a beaver. But then earlier this year, some scientists actually caught the beaver on tape and confirmed that in fact there is a beaver living on the Bronx River and they found its lodge. Oh, there's an, another egret. Historically, beaver... We're all over the sort of New York City region. And as far as we know, the last known fever in this area was probably, what was the figure they were saying, like 200 years ago, 250? So it's, it's been a long time. And conceptually for people, I think, to know that there really are things living and thriving on the Bronx River is, is important because it, we've been making a lot of progress in terms of ecological restoration and trying to improve the habitat on the Bronx River. It's just kind of, it's, it's nice to hear about these things, it's nice to see the fish, it's nice to, to know about the beaver, because in people's minds it becomes a beautiful place, a place that things live in, and it's, it changes the perception from that of a dumping ground, which I think was the perception of the Bronx River for a long time, to more of a resource, which is really what we're hoping the people who live near the river consider it. So Michael, the, the lodge we think is right there, right? Yeah. But that, it basically looks like a pile of branches. And all through this section of the river and upstream in the botanical garden, uh, we've been seeing evidence of the beaver sort of gnawing at branches, so freshly gnawed branches that, you know, he's using to make his lodge. They get out know, pretty frequently, maybe more like once every couple of weeks. On the river, on an actual boat. And then the rest of my time is spent in a lot of policy and planning work. A lot of water quality policy is what I've been spending my time on recently. So, um, acting as a stakeholder for the Bronx River at sort of citywide meetings about how the city's going to address CSOs. CSOs are combined sewer overflows. New York City, much of New York City, is served by a combined sewer system, meaning that our sewage and stormwater effectively are all conveyed by the same system of pipes. So when it rains, that system is often overloaded, and there are discharge points around the city where that mix of stormwater and untreated sewage are diverted into our waterways. So as you can imagine, untreated sewage is quite a pollution problem. And the city is in the process of planning for how they're going to abate that problem. The way that we hope they do it is through the use of green infrastructure. So things like green roofs, um, street trees, green streets, and really trying to divert a lot of that stormwater to green spaces before it enters the system and causes a problem. We got quite a (laughs) tall-looking egret walking around over there. And um, we're entering the impoundment that's above the 182nd Street Dam of the zoo. So when there's a dam in the river, upstream of the dam, the water tends to sort of widen out, and sediment deposits, because the water is slowing down, so the sediment drops out of the water. You'll be able to tell here it's kind of shallow, and it looks a bit wider than the rest of what we've seen so far. So this is kind of relatively quiet section of the river because we have so much of the zoo on both sides of us. You notice though it's a little less quiet on our right side or our left side because the Bronx River Parkway is not too far away over there. And you can see in through the trees there that kind of metal thing. it's the Bronx Zoo monorail. And if we're lucky we'll get to see the monorail actually driving over us in a few minutes. Most people, when I say Bronx River to them, they think first of the parkway. And the parkway, you know, its it's history is very tied to the river's history, as you might imagine. When the parkway was built, it was the first in the nation. And so it was the first roadway that was built, you know, with this notion of having parkland alongside of it. And, you know, though the building of a road may not be the best thing ecologically for a river right next to it, the, the parkland that came along with it really did a lot for keeping a decent amount of buffer zone around the river, even though it's it's a very urban river. So the fact that the parkway was built allowed us to have you know all these trees that we're seeing on both sides of us here instead of having development right up to the banks. However, when, I guess when the parkway was sort of renovated, I guess, in the 1950s. So that, that happened in, a, I think, the 1920s. And then when the in the 1950s, the parkway within the Bronx is kind of the more highway-ish road that we know today. It's bigger, wider, more lanes. So when that was built, large portions of the river were straightened. So rivers are naturally sort of sinuous. They turn and, and curve. But a lot of the Bronx River through the Bronx is actually pretty straight, and that's as a result of the parkway being built right next to it. People want straight roads, so they straighten the river to kind of run parallel to it. The Bronx River Valley Sewer Commission, which I think was 1898, it was a a report that was done about the Bronx River, I believe labeled it as an open sewer. And that's because... Historically, many municipalities did use their rivers as basically open sewers. If you dump your waste into a river, the river takes it away for you. Um, that coupled with, I think, just the, the large amount of development, the fact that we know that the Bronx is very developed, people tend to think of the river as not so nice a place if they're thinking about it in those terms. Um, but I think that more and more people who actually see the river... Um, know that it is, it's it's quite lovely. It's beautiful, and it's got lots of life, um, both in it and around it. So I think that that perception is changing a lot. There's the monorail.
0: You're listening to Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org. I'm Nora Flaherty. This week on the show, we're getting out of the muggy city and taking a relaxing paddle down the Bronx River. My tour guides are Teresa Crimmins and Michael Hunter of the Bronx River Alliance. I asked Teresa to tell me a little bit more about the river.
1: So it runs for 23 miles. It starts up in Valhalla, New York, near the Kensico Dam. And it runs down pretty much through the middle of Westchester County for about 15 miles. Then enters uh, the Bronx and runs for 8 miles through the middle of the Bronx, through the Botanical Garden, through the zoo, and then out past Soundview and into the Long Island Sound. Or East River, depending on how you're looking at it. Oh, you see that turtle? Oh, my God. Can you see him, Nora? Yeah. His head just popped up. There are some huge snapping turtles in this part of the river. Oh, I think we scared him. In 2005, we did a Bronx River bioblitz. Have you heard of bioblitzes before? They're basically a speedy sort of census so it's 24 hours and you get teams of scientists and volunteers and they sort of go out and blitz the area and look for to identify as many species species as they can so species of plant animal fish bird fungi we tried to get someone to look at bacteria but i don't think we found anybody um and as part of that bio blitz there was a scientist here in the zoo who set up turtle traps, and he found a turtle that he estimated, a snapping turtle that he estimated was, I think, 50 years old. And so that was just amazing to me to think, you know, this was in 2005, so I thought, God, this turtle has been here since 1965, hanging out in the Bronx River, and you know, all the, all the changes that, that we've seen happen, you know, presumably, the turtle didn't feel very much. 55? 1955? Do I not know how to add? Well, he was also here in '65, wasn't he? <laughs> it's not to say he wasn't here in 1965.
2: He was in his turtle adolescence.
1: <laughs> exactly. He doesn't remember anything from '55. He was just well, a baby turtle. Sixties
2: Up ahead, Nora, you're seeing some cormorants. They're like an oily black fishing bird, and <clears throat> they're you see them commonly down here in this like the southern part of the freshwater section and all throughout the saltwater section, and they have kind of an eerie. Look to them, and they are often fanning their wings, and they run right about eye level to a canoe. You
1: see this purple sort of flower all along the sides here? That's purple loosestrife. It's quite pretty, but it's actually a uh, it's an invasive vegetation. So um, part of what the work that we do is to remove invasive vegetation. It tends to become a monoculture um, and and takes over and shades out other plants. So purple loosestripe, Japanese knotweed are just a couple of the the plants that our crew, our conservation crew, goes out um, and removes and then replaces with native vegetation that has more habitat value um, for things that live along the river. This is our second portage.
2: A couple of blocks are going to be a little rough, a little bony, because the river is quite low. So there may be a few spots where I'm just pulling along. (laughs) You can keep going.
1: Just downstream of 182nd Street. We're right next to River Park, the park that's at um, 180th and Boston Road. We're about to sort of go through the West Farms community. As soon as we actually are moving, that is. (laughs) What do you want me to do? This is some of our only sort of rapids area. <laughs> we got some people fishing over here on the right.
0: Do people eat the fish from here, or do they just catch and release? I think there's a bit of both that go on. Um, some
1: of our partner organizations, like Rocking the Boat, have um, outdoor education programs and uh, boat building, and they're out on the river quite a bit and they have a study where they ask fishermen you know what have you caught what are you going to do with it and they, they find out. Where would you get that canoe from? Bronx
2: River Alliance.
1: Was it that
2: way? you visit uh, bronxriver.org yeah. we do public trips yeah. on
1: weekends. Oh cool, Thanks.
2: Yep. So you notice that the uh, area around you makes a big transition right about here. It goes from an area that was all it's all contiguous parkland into a an area that's broken up, more um, residential, parkland, and what happens when train trestles and bridges come through, just changing, changing your scenery. Well, we just went under the bridge, and now the first entirely concrete wall on the left there has changed, has made the difference of the bank from dirt and trees to concrete.
1: area litter plastic bags and um, what comes with sort of the development right up against the river unfortunately sometimes is more litter um, more sort of debris that people don't want for whatever reason and kind of send down over the banks of the river
0: so there and there was like graffiti on the underside of that underpass
1: yes natural areas in general in the city um you know, rivers being one of them, and places under bridges tend to be hidden, and so therefore tend to be places where where people go if they don't want to be seen.
0: <laughs> and you can see this,
1: this brick building that's all along the left of us here. And this is the number two and five line, elevated train are about to pass under here. So it also gets quite a bit uh, noisier with street traffic and train traffic. Flowers and the and the gourds and things. Um, there are some groups of people that that see the river as sort of a a spiritual place. So that's why in this section you'll see gourds and and other sort of vegetables and things like that.
2: Offerings of uh, metals and baskets of fruit. This
1: is- pretty much the lowest bridge that we can go under so it can feel kind of spooky. How high is it? Five, six feet over our heads. To our right is Drew Gardens. It's a community garden. They run education programs. Jennifer Pluka is the, the gardener here and she does water quality monitoring with her students and um, composting and planting and other things. And there's Bob. Hi, Bob. How you doing? How are you doing? Oh, great, guys. I... Hi. Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Those kids are saying, "Watch out for the eels." There are American eels in the river as well. So, just to our left here, can you see those sort of two big things that look like tunnels, kind of up ahead into the left? Though mm-hmm. so that's a CSO. That's a, a combined sewer outfall. That discharges. Sewage and untreated storm water. You'll notice, and you can't see the sign here, but the DEP signs—they're green signs. I think we'll be able to see one downstream. They say if discharging during dry weather, call 311 because it's not supposed to be happening. Um, so these guys really keep an eye on this area, and if something looks like maybe it is discharging during dry weather, they call us right away, and we try to let people at DEP know um, that something might be wrong. So I don't know yet. Always hard to tell unless you see toilet paper, and then you pretty much know that it's discharging. So, where are we now? So, we're sort of between the on ramp to the Sheridan and one of the, the ramps for the Cross Bronx Expressway. So, kind of these tall abutments and, and big roadways crossing overhead. And on the sides, you'll see the these big pieces of of rock, sort of, um, those are the hardened shorelines, or I guess, I don't know if you'd exactly call these riprap, but they're sort of big, hardened pieces that were put there in order to keep the banks where they are. So this is the other outfall that I was talking about um, with the DEP sign. So what neighborhood is this? Still West Farms? I guess it's Still West Farms. We've got the the bus depot um, on the other side of us. There's like a little strip of parkland along here to the left, um, and then the bus depot. And then, on the right, also a little strip of parkland and the Sheridan Expressway. So on the other side of the bus depot, we have sort of venturing almost into the kind of the Bronx River neighborhood. And on the right side, I guess, it's still the West Farms.
2: So this area is known as Starlight, um, just south of the Blue Bridge ahead of us being developed on both sides in part of the Bronx River Greenway and New Parkland. Starlight was an amusement park between the World Wars, between World War I and World War II. Before that, it was a manufactured gas site. Um, After that, the city basically has used the land. There was a coliseum that was built and then moved to Philadelphia. The Bronx Exposition was held there. It was like around 1908 or 1909. And... um, Then there's been a bus depot, which has stayed there. That's at 177th Street. Basically, all along our right-hand side, there's developing acreage of parks, and on the left side is a developing greenway route that will allow pedestrians and bicyclists to follow along the river. It connects with the greenway that's already built in Soundview and will connect with the northern reaches of of the greenway. The city's grand plan, NYC, links all of the proposed greenways that are being built across the city currently. The Bronx River Greenway is just one little section of greenway that's in the overall five borough picture. Um, But it's a very important one because it connects the north and south ends of the Bronx.
1: Do you see this big pile of sort of gravelly looking stuff? There's this one and then there's another pile. I heard the uh, contractors the other day referring to it as Mount Starlight. Um, Michael mentioned that the that Starlight Park is a former site of a manufactured gas plant. So when State DOT was making some improvements to the Sheridan Expressway, they were using Starlight Park as a staging area, and through that, in that during that time, they found contamination in the soil that was remnants from the manufactured gas plant. So at that point. They had to find a responsible party, which ended up being um, Con Edison. And Con Edison worked then with with parks, with the community, and with the state agency, the DEC, the State um, Environmental Regulating Agency, to work out sort of what the cleanup level should be for the park because it is going to be a park that people use and they, they want to, you know, feel safe in the park. So right now what you're seeing here is some of the remediation in progress, some of the contaminated soil removal.
0: This is Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org. I'm Nora Flaherty. Ahead this morning on WFUV, it's Cityscape with George Bodarchy. On this week's show, we will continue with this morning's watery theme as we discuss the novel North River. That's ahead at 7.30. This week on Fordham Conversations, we are canoeing the Bronx River. My guide is Bronx River Alliance Environmental Coordinator and Fordham alum, Teresa Crimmins ably assisted by Michael Hunter, who runs the Alliance's canoeing program. I asked Teresa how she came to do the work she does with the Bronx River and why this river is special.
1: Well, I guess for me, I I went to Fordham and had an environmental ethics teacher, Dr. Van Buren, who took us to the river as part of class. And so when I was at school and we went there as part of class, it just was kind of this, this one little spot that had water running through it. And I knew that it was a river and everything, And I knew that it was an urban river, and I wrote a paper about it. But then I sort of continued to get more information about the river and about a lot of the work that was going on along the river from Dr. Van Buren. And it it just seemed um, inspiring to me. What the heck? Is it a bird? my God, it's going crazy. That there was this river that that had its problems, that was in a very urban area, and therefore had the issues of having been straightened and having litter and things, but that there were people working on it, to try to improve it. And I was an environmental science major, but I wasn't necessarily crazy about the idea of being kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I liked the idea of being in a city. So the work that was going on along the Bronx River really, really attracted me and inspired me. So that's why I wanted to work here. See those little baby ducks? I guess they're not really that little. They've been diving. I saw them when they were over here on the right side, and they sort of dove their way across the river so you could barely see them. The natural world functions even amid all of the the concrete and roads and buildings of of a city because it does still function. And so, you know, I've studied both environmental science and biology and I was really interested in, in knowing, you know, how well it functions, because I guess intuitively a lot of people think that it won't function very well. But what a lot of what we've seen on the Bronx River is that there there is still a lot of wildlife. As you can see there's there's lots of vegetation still thriving along the banks. So I just wanted to learn more about, you know, sort of how how the river functions and then how um, how people interact with it and how important the relationship that people have with the river is, because if people respect their local natural environment, it obviously does a lot better than if they don't respect it. The Bronx River is the only true freshwater river in New York City. So it's the only river that runs freshwater through the city, which makes it a very unique um, habitat type. You can see fish and potentially birds and other plants there that you won't see anywhere else in the city. Um, And then just this, this kind of long paddling experience is unique to the Bronx River, I think, in the city.
2: If you were to just look down at the city, you'd see this nice long green belt with a little blue streak running through it. And that'd be the river and its banks of green. And as we all know, it's very hot in just concrete concrete doesn't absorb it doesn't absorb and cool heat it just radiates heat like the city does so or a, a street without green streets so all of the trees and little green swath that the river creates helps to keep our environment a little cooler and as Teresa was saying with the birds and fish it's a migratory corridor so it allows the birds passageway through the you know hot and confusing built environment.
1: There was a migratory bird study that showed that the Bronx River Corridor was really used by these birds that are coming from South America and these places far away as they're flying north. Um, they're using it as a stopping grounds to feed and to rest and to cool off. Um, similarly the fish, the, the alewife that were introduced, alewife part of their life cycle they'll go out to sea and they'll become food for for larger fish and, uh, and sea lions and stripers and all sorts of other um, things that really make the ecosystem work. So being sort of an inlet, it's a kind of a breeding grounds for, for fish, and it's a place for birds to rest, and so it's really an integral part of the sort of larger ecosystem.
0: Could you describe sort of, if we were to just look straight forward, what we would see?
1: You see car
0: roofs? Is that what those are? They're uh, parts of cars, Parts yeah. of cars,
1: kind of all stacked up on each other on top of a corrugated steel... It basically looks like an an auto body operation of some sort. Um, Oh, and we passed on the right, um, it's kind of back-to-back-to-back buildings that come right up to the river. Um, There's some new development happening right there. It's a um, hotel that's going up right along the river. Um, You can hear that drill or something. Cars Air gun. being worked on. Aragon, is that what that is? Air gun, yeah. It's
2: probably taking bolts on and off the wheels, something parts off the of cars, stripping them.
0: And the train's going by over there as well. The six. The,
1: the six train, right. And then this sort of lower train trestle that you see here is um, where the acela
0: comes yeah. through. And meanwhile, there's a, is that a cormorant there fishing? Yep. That black, yep, Yeah. And then straight ahead,
1: can you see those kind of red towers? The towers are from an old concrete plant, and right now what you're looking at is Concrete Plant Park. So it's, it's actually parkland. Concrete plant was turned over to the city, and for a while the property was sort of on the city's auction block, but there was a lot of community um, pressure to make it into a park because it's valuable river access. Um, so it's this long, skinny park that runs from Westchester Avenue down to Bruckner Boulevard going to be a key link in the Bronx River Greenway and um, it's going to be a huge addition to the parkland that is so needed in the South Bronx. My hope is that more and more people know about it, get to see it, get to paddle down it, get to learn about it. There's there's lots of really innovative projects happening here like on the right here, the salt marsh restoration. You know, people restored a salt marsh on a bank that used to have 40,000 tires on it. So I think finding ways to that in the in the urban environment is really amazing and i hope that we continue to to think creatively about the river my fear is that people will take it for granted because um, i think it does need a lot of of care and i hope that people will continue to give it care
0: you can learn more about the bronx river alliance and sign up for a canoe trip of your own at bronxriver.org From WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org, this has been Fordham Conversations. Our show is available as a podcast. If you're interested in subscribing or just looking for more information, click on podcast at WFUV.org. If you'd like to know more about anything you heard today or if you have something to say about the show, you can email us. The address is Fordham Conversations at WFUV.org. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Nora Flaherty. Cityscape is next. Thanks for listening and have a fabulous weekend.